0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three and One who comes to us and gives us everything that we need. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, there are a lot of hopeless causes in the world. Uh, one of them uh, is that I always think is kind of funny, that, that it's still a part of uh, who we are as a culture, is Lotto. Uh, I, I don't know. I was really bad in math, and I can still figure out the math that tells me I'm never going to win that. And yet, there's probably quite a few of you out there um, who every now and again, you'll you'll go in, or maybe even on a pretty regular basis, you'll go into uh, the gas station or wherever you go, and you'll buy a lotto ticket. And when I talk to you, you, you have this, this sort of uh, sense of, of why you do it. Because I'll ask you, why do you buy lotto tickets? It's just throwing your money away. And some of you will, will say, well, you know, it funds education. And I go, oh, hey, you know, how great and altruistic of you. Why don't you just give the money directly to the education department? Um, and, and and yet, uh, the others of you, you, you have probably more of a sort of philosophical answer to that question. And your, your answer to that question is, it gives me hope. And so, uh, what you're saying in that is that when you buy that Powerball ticket, you are able to hope that you're going to get all of that money. And then you're able to imagine, well, what would I do with all of that money? And of course, you would give 10% of those many millions to University Lutheran because you tithe. Right? Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. That's what Jesus said. Um, but, uh, and then you get to say, well, the other 90%, what would I do with that? And, and you get to sort of have this hope of, okay, what am I going to do with this? And that's sort of a, a sense of, of hope in the hopeless. A hope in something that you, you probably realize there's not a real good chance of this happening. Well, Abram is kind of set in our reading right now in sort of this sense of, of having hope in something that seems rather hopeless. Abram has been uh, told by God that he is going to um, continue to live on and he's going to have this great nation that comes from him and that's why he has to move from uh, the land of Ur in order to go to the land of Canaan so that uh, while he is there uh, he will begin this nation. And yet Abram has this problem in that he He can't bear a nation yet he He can't even bear uh, one child, and that's a problem for him. You see, Abram's got this this thing where he he's got pretty much everything else that anybody in his station would want. In fact, if you look at the chapter right before this chapter, you see just a, how amazing Abram is. You see, in the chapter before this, there's a whole bunch of stuff that happens that kind of shows you where Abram is right before this point where God steps into his life and says, I am your shield, don't don't worry where Abram has been just in chapter 14 is that his nephew Lot, who's kind of a snotty kid, quite honestly, has uh, has been taken off into captivity by these kings that have come into Sodom and Gomorrah. They take the place down, and they take his nephew Lot into captivity. And so, what Abram decides he's going to do is Navy SEAL style go in and rescue his nephew Lot, even though he's snotty kid and he's going to bring him back and not only is he going to bring him back but he takes all of those kings and he whoops them up so bad that he gets to take all of the stuff that they have with them so like all of this pirate treasure that they have he takes all of that stuff and he takes it with him and he's heading back to the homeland and then he runs into this guy Melchizedek. Now Melchizedek is kind of a weird figure, and uh, yet he he speaks of the word of God. He's the high priest of God, and he tells Abram, it appears, "Don't bring the stuff back. D- don't keep the stuff. Keep Lot." And Abram is like, "Thanks a lot." Keep Lot, and don't keep the other stuff. And so Abram goes. Uh, Okay, and so he he's heading back, and he runs into the king of Sodom, and the king of Sodom says, "Oh, you are just awesome! Thank you for bringing back all of our stuff. Um, uh, we want to give you a reward for for doing this, for uh, having done all of all of this stuff, and and rescuing um, our belongings as as well as some of our people. Thank you. Let me give you some things." And uh, Abram goes, uh. Melchizedek said not to, and in fact, here's all of this stuff. And the king of Sodom goes, okay. (laughs) And Abram then heads back to his home. He's had this opportunity to have all of this riches, to have all of this honor. He's talked to the high priest of God, who uh, some people think might even be sort of a pre-incarnate Christ. That's a whole nother sermon on who Melchizedek is. Uh, go on, not Wikipedia, and look it up. Something else that's reliable. But Abram has been offered all of this stuff, all of this stuff that so many of us would really probably kind of want to have. Things like honor, things like riches, things like um, just sort of this dashing ability to go in and and, uh, rescue people from all sorts of danger. Abram has everything. But to Abram, he doesn't have anything. And so, God comes to him, and he says, Abram, I'm, I'm, I'm your shield, I'm, I'm right here for you, man. Don't worry about a thing, I've got you covered. And dashing Abram, rich Abram, honored Abram, gets, it appears, a little bit frustrated with God. And you can almost sort of hear the the anger and the frustration in his voice when he says, What can you give me? Really? I don't even have an heir to give any of this stuff to And you think back to Solomon and how important that was to him when we were talking about it last week in the sermon, where Solomon was saying, you know, how much vanity is it that I amass all of this stuff and then I have to give it away to some schlub who hasn't worked for it at all? And that's what Abram is saying. I don't even have a son to give this stuff to. Yeah, okay, fine, I'm living this great life, I've got all of this honor, I've got all of this riches, but I don't have what I most want. And because I don't have what I most want, it's like I don't have anything. Have you ever been in that place? Are you there now? Where there's something that just eats away at you. And you say, if I I could just have this. If I could just have this, then then I could enjoy everything else. But I, I can't enjoy everything else because I don't have this. And maybe that's a relationship with somebody, maybe that's something that's been broken and you need, it needs to be repaired, maybe it just hasn't happened yet, maybe it's something completely different, maybe it's actually something physical that you just say, if I just had that I could enjoy everything else, but since I don't have that, I can't enjoy anything else that happens to us. We know what that feels like. We know what it's like to be Abram. We know what it's like to hear God say, I'm giving you all of this great stuff. I'm giving you forgiveness. I'm giving you love. I'm giving you all of this stuff. And you just look at him and you say, but I don't have this. you're in that place today, or if you've been in that place, you know what it's like to be in a great cloud of witnesses of people who have wanted whatever that might be. A cloud of witnesses like King David who wanted so badly and pleaded so badly with God that his son would not die, and yet still did. Like Paul, who pleaded with God three times over, saying, Can we please just get rid of the thorn in my flesh? And God said, No. For so many of us, there is going to be this thing, this want, that is so deep down inside for us, that is simply not going to be fulfilled in this life. Because we live in a sinful world. Because we live in a world where things are broken and we don't have all that we need in this life. All that we want in this life. And it takes faith for us to do exactly what Abram did here. Abram, when he's uh, talking back to God, he says, Oh, Sovereign Lord, that's how, how he begins this out. And he says, Oh, Sovereign Lord... Lord, I, I know that you are in charge. Even though I, I don't have what I need, I know that you're in charge. I know that even though I don't have what it is that I really want the most, I know that you know better than what I do. I know that you will give me what I need. And if you choose to give it to me, then that's great. And if you choose not to give it to me, then, then I'll wait for it day after day. That's what faith means. Because you know that you will receive what you need. And that may not even be in this world. You may have to wait for the resurrection in order to receive that. But you know that it will be yours because you knew a Savior who died on the cross so that He could take you into a resurrection where there is no more wants. Where your needs are taken care of. This world, you don't have to look around for very long to see unfulfilled needs, unmet needs. And some of those are yours and some of those are other people's, but you don't have to look around for very long to see that that is out there. And Jesus looked at this world and he said it's broken. And the reason that I know it's broken is that people are having these needs that are not filled. And they're dying with needs that are not filled. And I I don't want that to be their eternity. I don't want eternity to be this void that they have. But they can't have that in this world. And so I'm going to bring them into this eternal life with me where there is no need. And occasionally he does what he did for Abram and he gives him that son in this world. But he promises to all of us that as this life continues and as we go to our grave and as we're resurrected from that grave, that He will give us all of those things. And He says, go out. Go out and look at the stars. Go out and and look at this vast expanse of universe that, that I've set before you. And just imagine... Just imagine, if I created that, how much I can fulfill what it is that you're hoping in. And so Christ died on that cross so that you could be set free from a world full of brokenness and join Him in a world full of fullness Amen